0: Hello, welcome to the PhD Life Wrath Podcast. I'm Emma Brzezinski and in this episode, I am talking to the marvellous David Mendes, otherwise known as Papa PhD. We're talking about why the world needs PhDs and David is here to remind you why you are so amazing um, and to inspire you as to what might come next for you. So I do hope you enjoy this episode. david
1: hi emma how are you
0: i am well thank you so much for being here feeling slightly intimidated because you are also known as Papa PhD and you have a gorgeous and very successful podcast on the PhD experience so um I, I, I feel like it should be you the other way around and in fact I am coming on to, to yours in a, in a while aren't I so I'm quite excited about that um we're gonna have we'll have all the details in the show notes if people haven't found your podcast yet because if they haven't they should go and check it out um so thank you. Thank you for being here um, and sharing some Papa PhD-ness with us. Well, um,
1: thank you for having me, Emma. It's it's a pleasure. I've been aware of the PhD life raft for a little while. And uh it's it's really the admiration I think goes both ways.
0: Oh bless you. No, it is it's so it's so lovely, isn't it? It's quite a small world and it's um it <laughs> it's a it's a lovely one. Um so in a minute we're gonna talk about why the world needs PhDs. Um but before we get into that, I'm going to um, extend the invitation, as I always do, um, for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your own story and your journey through the PhD and out the other side. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, my story. Uh, it, I've always been interested, in like since high school, you know, in science. Uh, my, my second love was languages. I would have actually, in a parallel universe, I could have done. Uh, what in in Portugal? What we call Germanics, like English and German. Mm. But you uh, know my parents kind of said, "Go for science. You'll do languages later on." Funny thing. Now I'm a translator in in the the biomedical domain. But anyway, that's a little bit on <laughs> well, the did, side.
0: You did exactly what they said. You did the tra- did the languages later on. There yeah, you go. There you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh yeah. So, interest in in nature and and life sciences since I was young. Um, I do my bachelor's plus masters at the University of Lisbon uh, in in the end of end of the nineties, and now I'm, I'm showing my age uh, in in microbiology and genetics. That was the the the, the major that I that I chose, and um, I didn't go straight away to graduate school. Uh, so the the degree I got from Lisbon. Eventually, uh, because there was a certain length, got an, e- an equivalency. Is that how is that how you say it to yeah. a master's? Yeah. Um, but I was uh, I was just working in the lab where I had done my final project for a couple of years. But eventually, after different experiences and uh, one year teaching lab at a at a university in Lisbon, I decided okay, I'd like to teach, but. On, at the, on another level, I'd like to, to be teaching class, I'd like to be a professor. And what was the path to that was, well, getting a PhD. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's when I started looking, well, I first looked at my interests. I wanted to move towards neuroscience uh, and I ended up finding a PhD program in Portugal uh, at the University of Coimbra, the BEB program that eventually allowed me to, after a year of seminars, come to Montreal uh, where i am now where i stayed in the mm-hmm. end but to do uh, my my all the lab aspect of my phd at the montreal neurological institute fast forward uh, 5 to 6 years end of the phd difficulties uh, uh, even getting a publication because my uh, my animal model was imperfect let's say and um, it was a difficult and it was a difficult last two years, let's say, of the PhD. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the end, internally, it was clear to me that I was not going to follow up and and you know try for a postdoc, etc. I I decided for different reasons. Also, I had a partner. I wanted to stick around in Montreal. Between not having a, an academically, at least for me, you know, for my interpretation, an academically very successful PhD. Uh, although I did get my degree, of course, uh, plus having different life plans, I said, "Okay, I need to reorient," and that's where where it got a little bit difficult, because I had no network professionally mm. outside academia. Mm. I didn't know the language, I didn't know the culture, I didn't know the landscape of what was out there. Mm. So, um, yeah, this this was this is kind of actually the the. Uh, like the genesis of the idea of the podcast that yes. ended up uh, being born nine years later, uh, because this was 2010 when I defended and uh, the podcast Papa PhD, I launched it summer of 2019. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is too, uh, too rapid uh, a recount of, of what happened, but I think it kind of shows uh, my, my, my motivations and, and my why.
0: Yes, because the podcast is all about, you know, taking your PhD into the world, if you like, in terms of what skills you can bring as a researcher, how you can have a life outside of academia, should mm-hmm. that be the route that you take. Exactly. Um, so so yes, so, which brings us to neatly, thank you, I say, David, you can just take over this whole episode, yes. please. <laughs> but this brings us neatly to this, this discussion of why the world needs PhDs.
1: Precisely. So, basically, what happened uh, like in 2010, 2011 was I had this, this kind of existential questioning of, you know, did I just waste all these years mm. of study because now I'm kind of, you know, veering away from that path that i was kind of launching onto and not staying at the bench and uh and actually you know physically being far from uh from university walls and doing something else in other spaces um and what what i ended up doing of course when you don't have an a, you know a, a well structured and curated network of people in you know a professional network um you start asking friends, asking colleagues, uh family, you know, is there, you know, is there something, do you know someone who needs someone with my profile? So the first job that I got was like that. I, I did, t- I, because I had this experience teaching, I did some long, some distance tutoring uh in, in sciences, which was great, but not a, you know, it was not a full-time mm-hmm. job. It was not, you know, it didn't fulfill what I Needed and wanted for my personal and family project, mm-hmm. and so what ended up happening was that I ended up uh, trying to understand where people who had been at the Montreal Neurological Institute with me and who also had not followed up their their research career where they were, and I knew they were around; they were somewhere in Montreal, and that's how that's how uh, I ended up hearing about two people going to this agency where they did medical writing which i had never heard about Mm. and and there uh started uh uh kind of a series of conversations with these people to understand what that was and that led to one of them saying hey give me your cv i'll pass it on to hr if you if you're really interested you'll come you'll be you'll interview you'll test etc and and we'll see and then from that i i I started like an almost five year stint at this agency doing medical writing so and this is kind of at the center so i mentioned conversations and conversations are kind of at the center of my concept of what i like to share with with young researchers you know be they during their phd or after their phd is to have conversations but you know i we can talk about that later in the uh in in the final part of the of the interview when you ask for the the top tips <laughs> i have some some top tips on conversations there but know. um does this uh the, does this track with with some experience that you've heard about
0: yes i, I say because i think that there's this this sense of people often in that kind of messy middle of their phd going what am i doing here what is this all about um and w- w- what what skills am I developing? Where am I? As well as at the, at the end in terms of, oh, now I need to get a job. What can I do? Especially if I don't want to go into academia or the job market in academia, as we know at the moment is just horrendous. And so mm. kind of needing to look for something else. So absolutely. Um, and I think that I, you know, sadly I've heard people going, well, you know, I wish I'd never done it because, and, and so what I know that you're really good at (laughs) is just recognizing and helping other people to recognize those skills, those experiences and the opportunities as well, the opportunities Mm -hmm. that are out there as a PhD researcher. So over to you, David, tell us, (laughs) tell us why the world needs PhDs and tell us um, where, where it can take you, where it can take you.
1: So this realization of, the world needing PhDs and uh, you know, it's, it's of course, it's kind of a, a big, a big <laughs> flashy title, but it it's, it has become more and more real for me with mm. the podcast, with all these people that I've been interviewing since, mm. since 2019, mm. uh, because there's two aspects to this first uh, after my PhD, whenever I was invited to any career panels, I would say yes, because I've always wanted to uh, give back and, and, Help people not go through the anguish that I went through right. at the end of right. my PhD, right. and um, it it showed me two things. First, I was not the only one having those feelings. Every mm-hmm. year, you know, every time I was going to, and then this is a lot, you know, during almost nine years of going to different uh, career panels, I understood that well. Graduate students go through this. Most of them actually, or a, a, a large part of them, goes through this questioning and through this anguish. Yes. yes. And uh, so, this is actually why I started the the podcast. I said, "Well, I know many people who are now entrepreneurs who are now uh, working, uh, let's say, in in uh, well, so entrepreneurs for themselves or working in companies and working in industry. Let's share you know, their their stories to inspire people." Mm-hmm. And and I th- I ended up discovering the vastness of what PhDs are doing out there, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um like i'm just thinking lately there's an episode of Papa phd that's not yet published but uh it's someone who has a phd in philosophy and the, the whole episode is about you know what's out there for phd's in philosophy and he's working at google uh and he's you know in a very well paid uh, and and in a very fulfilling career in a very well known tech company right okay. I love it. um so this this affirmation that the world needs phds comes mm-hmm. from me having all these conversations and understanding that phds people who are not only curious but also resourceful but also have this experience in solving problems or being in frontier domains of mm-hmm. trying of finding new solutions that don't exist yet well they are needed in different uh, different spaces in our society be it government uh you know dealing with climate change dealing with social change and and migrations um you know so social sciences and and life sciences and and hard sciences um also the all the tech and and, and industry frontiers we just went through covid 19 and you know research was really front and center you know, when we yes. when uh, we were all turning on our radio or our TV and hearing about how these vaccines were being developed. Well, guess who is working in those labs and, and finding these solutions for new and huge problems? Yes, yes, yes. People who have a, a research background.
0: Well, I just, I love what you're saying there about frontiers, people working at the frontiers and how amazing people who are doing PhDs are because I think people forget that, don't they? Because it's them, so they're like, "Oh, well, it's just what I do." But actually, it's an amazing thing to set out on that research journey and to do all those things that you just said in terms of putting yourself out there to ask new questions, to find, to to be at the cutting edge. And this is amazing. People will really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I just I love that you're reminding us of that. And, and I wonder if you had any any more examples. I love the the philosophy, the philosopher at Google. <laughs> any other um, examples you could share?
1: Actually, two recent one one uh, recent guest who was whose episode actually has been published. She uh, had her, her PhD in psychology, and she's also working for Google. Um, but then um, someone who I've just interviewed, uh, who also she's actually actually coaches academics around uh, academic burnout and her job that she's doing is called data steward and it's a new job that has appeared with uh, gdpr and the need to really take care about how uh, entities and companies um, treat their data and Mm -hmm. guess who has been you know spending years amassing and treating big amounts of data and making sense out of them well phds (laughs) and and researchers similar to that there's a there's a it's it's not as new because now i think it's very well known um i've had people uh, on the show who have phds in chemistry and uh another domain which i don't remember i think neuroscience because uh when especially when you work in one of these domains there's a lot of statistics and there's a lot of data crunching Mm -hmm. Uh, well companies in different domains one of them actually was a company in fashion and he was a data scientist uh, working on on the behind the scenes you know algorithms etc behind what's happening on the sales website of that company and he has a phd uh, and even postdoc in chemistry so it's really (laughs) I was saying frontiers it's I think that's what really defines it right mm, mm, mm. now I don't know if you have some a reaction to that but I, I have some other examples if you want
0: now, I truly and utterly love that a phd in chemistry is going to take you into fashion that
1: is genius. <laughs> I <was amazed> too
0: <laughs> it's brilliant put it in the prospectus. come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I I just I, what I think is so brilliant about this is just reminding people of the skills that they have because I, I think sadly a PhD can often feel de-skilling. Um mm. and I think it's so important to remember how how skillful you are and the mm. the, the the what you have to offer to others um be it in fashion, be it in Google, wherever you choose to go. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: It's, to me, it's like you're you're learning. So during your PhD, let's say you're an archer, right? You have your quiver and you have arrows and you're learning during your PhD to hit a target that's like, I don't know, 10,000 yards away so you don't even see it without binoculars, and you hit. You have to hit it. Mm. So you really your tunnel vision is extreme. But what you have to realize at the end is that quiver those arrows. You can use them in in other. You know you can widen your horizons. You can wider widen your your vistas, and use them in other domains. And, and just because you've had this very focused, very narrow uh stint and experience of, of years, you know, three, four, five years, depending on where you are, you know, trying to hit this very small target that's very far away. You need to give give yourself permission at the end to breathe in, breathe out and say, okay, now let's unfocus and see what else I can do with these arrows.
0: I love it. I love it. And I also love this sense of and these other things are not second best, right? These mm. other things can be incredible opportunities like the PhDs are kind of passable into mm-hmm. amazing um, amazing roles and ways of contributing to um
1: to society to society and actually if because you mentioned society I've uh, I've just interviewed not so long ago another person who uh, also has a PhD but also has you know has a different you know longer Track because he's he's, uh, he's uh, in another stage, let's say. But he's the scientific in chief of Quebec, and he's he's in politics. But what what's important for his role is his background in sciences and his interest in science. Uh, I've also interviewed people who are in Washington in policy, and and they are working. They are kind of the bridge between universities in Washington, so they're actually directly uh, uh, impacting. What's happening in policy for universities? So there really, really are many spaces where the fact that you've gone through a PhD is a plus. In some of them, the the, the degree itself might uh, not be of importance to get hired, but what you bring—that quiver that I mm-hmm. that I mentioned—ends mm-hmm. mm-hmm. up being important and ends up allowing you to evolve at a different pace or in a different way within the organization. And here I mentioned government. So organizations is, it's not just the private, it's not just industry it could be government, it could be, uh, community, uh, you know, community, uh, organizations around you. And what, I, one of the things that I've heard a lot from, from these people is that for them, one of the pluses of being outside of, uh, of the ivory tower is that they can see. The effects of what they do faster. Mm. So, yeah, I think I've you know I've I've mentioned you know governmental, I've mentioned uh, industry, um, also you know different levels of of involvement in in the community because there's you know thinking about people who, in social sciences and how they might be uh, uh, implicated uh, in. And some guests that I've had are in um, dealing with immigration in, in countries in Europe that are now receiving, uh, you know, increasing waves of migrants from countries that are at war or, or etc. These are very mm. important, very, you know, dire problems that need new solutions and that need people who can think about them in a different scope. And this is another place where you can have, a real word to say and, and real help to bring with your research background, in my opinion,
0: brilliant. It's brilliant, and it, and really, as, as you say, there there are so many stories. And your podcast, I would totally recommend it. As I've already said, if you if you haven't listened before, then uh, do check out the show notes and um and get listening and get inspired. Um, because uh, yes, let's have gorgeous PhD people taking over the world. um so now i'm aware of time
1: Uh um
0: it always goes so quickly it really does does, yeah um uh but so now i'm going to ask you this very reductive question um Mm -hmm. of offering some top tips so Mm -hmm. if people are there thinking what Mm -hmm. what is this all about
1: what would your top tips be so my top tips um the first one will be if you're not on linkedin get on linkedin mm-hmm. that's the first top tip because mm-hmm. th- that's where from me a lot of a lot of interesting things can start why because people who are on linkedin are kind of saying hey i'm open to conversation i'm open to connect mm-hmm. and uh you know uh, Whereas you probably won't be comfortable calling up a company and say, "Hey, uh, I'd like to talk with the, your CEO, whatever." If the person's on LinkedIn, there's always, you know, it's they're always open for you to to reach out. So that that would be top tip one. But okay. why? Because there's a there's a search functionality in LinkedIn which allows you to look for people that are alumni from where you come from. In, mm-hmm. in terms of, of your university. Mm. Also you can look uh, for terms like your PhD you know and, and you can look for profiles of people who have a, a research uh, journey that looks like yours. And why is this important? Because although some of these people will be at universities, you'll start to notice that a bunch of them actually either are entrepreneurs, they're CEOs of a, or they' you know of a startup, or they have different uh, key positions in different companies, or they also can be in different government uh, organism, you know, uh, organizations, where you can find them and then see, okay, this this person has this this job description or this position. Oh, this is interesting to me, or this is not interesting to me. What type of terms does this person use on their profile? Is this, do I use them on mine or are they useful for me to, to, uh, to use on my profile? So this whole conversation to me was the idea. It was to bring inspiration mm-hmm. to, to people who are feeling lost or, you know, kind of very unsure about what comes and what best way then to go see what people like you are doing and did and where they are. So. That's kind of top tip number two is find the people who look like you on a platform like LinkedIn and see how they present themselves. Uh, And of course, like I just mentioned, see what type of terms, what type of words they use. Start taking note. And of course, in parallel, it's what type of jobs they have and would they be interesting to me. Now, top tip number 3.
0: Oh, wow, bonus in. I love it. I love
1: it's, it. it. It's increasing in difficulty and I I'm, I'm saying this because although it might not sound so, I'm an introvert by nature and this is, you know, I I'm you, you're going to see that I'm going to increase the difficulty. So first, get on the platform. That's Second, true. look for the people. Three, choose one or two people, uh, two persons that have that are in positions that inspire you and ask them for 20 minutes of their time. To to uh, to ask them some questions about where they are, about the, the the space they are in terms of industry or whatever. Just be very um, respectful of the time, of course. you know, there's an etiquette to follow. Um, if, if people don't answer often it's because they're quite busy. Uh, but if you, if someone says, "Oh, okay, sure, I'd be happy." To, oh, you're an, I'm an alumni. You know, you're now doing what I did uh, 5, 15 years ago. I'd be glad to spend 50, twenty minutes with you. Well, come prepared. You know, do your homework. Uh, ha- actually, d- do this work that I said before of learning about their their profile, at least what's presented, and then try to uh, prepare some questions to kind of project yourself into that same industry, in that same space. And there's two outcomes possible. First outcome. Wow. This is interesting. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, let's keep in touch. You know, I eventually I'd love to collaborate with you, so with you sometime, you know, th- this can take many forms or, okay, thank you. And then in your head, actually, it's not what you thought it was, and you can scratch it out of your list which is a very, very important. Str- yes. Scratching things out yes. of your list is very, very important. Yes. But there's another connection to the beginning of our conversations, which is actually the word conversations. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing for me that caps this this whole thing is, if you can have, I don't know, one conversation a month with someone like this, when you'll finish your degree, you'll have accrued so much in terms of just connections, of people you can reach out to when you eventually are, are looking for a position. Um, but also, the, these, this terminology, this culture, you will have started to learn about it and to know it so that eventually when you have those first job conversations, people will think, oh, he, he's one of us, she's one of us, they know the lingo, They they've clearly they've been doing their homework. So, yeah, conversations, have them. Uh, have them at at a pace that works for you. If you're very introverted, you know, s- stretch out the intervals a little bit more. But I, I think for me, this would be the if I have to to sum it up in one top tip, is have have rich and meaningful conversations and develop rich and meaningful relationships with people who have a journey that looks like yours, and who uh, might be in spaces you want to be one day.
0: This is so gorgeous i love it and again an example of bringing your research skills um to to your yes. kind of your professional <laughs> journey and this is the thing one thing phd researchers are really good at is doing their homework <laughs> so, yes so
1: exactly
0: we're all over it we're all over it <laughs> david thank you so much thank you more generally for the for the work that you do but thank you especially for being here today it's been gorgeous to talk with you and um uh yeah thank i know that this is going to be useful to so many people thank you so much
1: well my pleasure it's been it's been a pleasure i it's been great uh seeing you for the for the first time because we've been exchanging messages for a while yes yes. and uh it's been a pleasure being here at the the phc life Draft microphone
0: thank you and thank you all for listening